Just a warning here, this episode talks about depression. If this episode is triggering for you, please contact Lifeline at 13 11 14. That's 13 11 14. I think when, before we've experienced depression ourselves, we just assume you just feel sad. That's, that's just what we think it is. It can be frustrating sometimes when you're scrolling through Instagram and Facebook and all you see is picture-perfect couples, fitness influencers showcasing their abs and detox teas, people on vacations constantly throughout the year, and people bragging about work-life balance and how effortlessly easy it is. But Christy Marshall didn't want to do that. Yes, the term brave might be a word used often, but she is brave because she so easily can just show the filtered life. But instead, she helps her followers know that they're not alone. On Instagram, she openly talks about her body image issues, her marriage breakdown, and also her mental health, in particular depression. This is Christy Marshall. So what I wanted to firstly talk to you about is there's various issues and events that have happened in your life that you are very open about and are proud to talk about it on your social media page. Have you always been open about talking about your life and issues that have been happening? Has that always been something that you've always done ever since a kid or a teenager? I guess I have with friends, but I've not really had like a platform to talk about it. So I've not really been someone that hid a lot of things and was, you know, shy about different things in my life. Probably the only thing I was, I guess, a bit hesitant on is just like, things that involved other people, for example, you know, dating and relationships, or I wasn't quite sure what to say. Um, so, like, when I was having issues in my relationship, I didn't want to be bad-mouthing this guy. So my close friends kind of knew what was going on, but I'm not, like, telling my whole friendship circle, oh, there's this and this and this. So, yeah, I think I started doing it as kind of a way to... It's like therapy. Therapy it was kind of therapeutic. I started doing it as a way to, just, you know, say it to myself and be like, "This happened," and yeah. So one of the things that you have spoken about numerous times on your Instagram page is what happened in France. Um, you got married, but then there was a marriage breakdown. So do you want to tell us a little bit about what has happened? Essentially, I was studying in Australia, I met a French exchange student and I've been writing about it too for, you know, therapy's sake, but we were just, you know, met as uni students, um, spent some time, a couple of months dating and then I had a car accident before, I was meant to go, go on a trip abroad and I had a car accident I couldn't go and all my friends were like, it's fate, you're meant to be together. So we ended up together for about five years, uh, going back and forth between Europe and Australia and we got married. Um, he proposed, you know, near the Harbour Bridge in Sydney, that kind of thing. So it was really this whole, like, whirlwind romantic experience. And I think I got caught up in a lot of it and being in my early 20s as well, you know, it was really, yeah, I don't know, just, like, romantic and, and that. But there were a lot of red flags that now that I'm older I can kind of see were issues. And I probably should have known a couple of months in that he wasn't a good fit and that, you know, it probably wasn't the best relationship. So it, it ended up being, I mean, it feels like a whole different world because in Australia, this just isn't our life. I'm, I'm from a coastal town. I'm just like a coastal town girl, you know, used to wearing my beach dresses. People have piercings and tattoos, not a big deal. But this family that I married into was like a noble French family. 
So it was a whole other thing of, um, you know, status is very important. The family name is very important. Your background, your job, the way you look, it's all very, very important. And, you know, they pressured me to do lots of things that made me feel like I wasn't myself. So I had a tongue piercing, you know, take that out, don't dye your hair, uh, don't wear too much lipstick and makeup. And so... I guess by the end of it, I just felt like I wasn't myself and didn't feel supported at all by my husband by then. So it, I guess, resulted in a lot of emotional trauma that I didn't really realise at the time, but it got to a point, honestly, just in the months and weeks leading up to the wedding that I would just be crying my eyes out sometimes. And even after the wedding, and even on the day of the wedding, like the evening of the wedding, I was falling. So we got back to our hotel room and that was a disaster in itself and I just cried and I did for weeks and months after because I just felt completely like broken and unsupported and so I guess that's the short version. And what made you decide to then talk about your relationship so openly online because often on social media you just see the highlight reels especially with couples you just see people all loved up and if there happens to be a breakup or a separation it's very quiet there's no discussion about it but you've been so open and talking about how this marriage and the divorce affected you what made you decide to do that and what has been the reaction with doing that I think it's been kind of gradual, the things that I've been sharing the last couple of years. And, and really the kind of start of it was that I started a business and, you know, the first probably 18 months, I didn't share much of this kind of thing because I was doing social media management. So it was more just about, you know, social media strategy and that. But then I moved more into coaching people on, you know, business coaching and using social media to build their business which is, you know, kind of an extension of that. And I realized that, you know, obviously people want to get to know me a bit better. I just would share tidbits here and there. And I just got messages out of the blue of people saying, I, you know, I realized that we, they, they would say they felt like we were already friends. And this is people from Canada, from, you know, Belgium, from the countries all around the world. And they would say to me, thank you so much for talking about this. It just made me feel like I'm not the only one and I really relate to your experience and I'd have people saying, I feel like we're soul sisters and and all of that. And I was like, oh, wow, you know, it's great. I've built some really great friendships that way and I think that encouraged me to keep talking about different things. So I probably started with things that I was more comfortable with and then progressed a bit more. But it's never been about trying to hurt anyone or trying to damage anyone's reputation. Like I don't... I don't talk about my ex or anyone else and say, you know, he was a bad person. I don't I don't talk about it like that. It's more like this is a relationship that caused issues for me in a lot of ways and it's like me working it out and processing it. I don't write about it as I think about it. I do journal and, and all of that and it's been, you know, it's been five years since, six years almost since we broke up. So it was a fair while ago. So it's just kind of, like I said, it's kind of therapeutic and, and I can tell from the messages that I get both on Facebook and Instagram and me telling people I meet in person, you know, when they ask, that it does help them. And I guess because a lot of these topics are so taboo that I'm just like, well, why wouldn't I talk about it? I'm not, I mean, obviously there are some things I'm embarrassed about, and but I always find once I share them, especially the stuff that I'm most kind of ashamed or embarrassed about or think that people are going to reject me for normally 
they're the ones that most people message me and say, wow, thank you for sharing this. I really relate to that. So I always, I mean, it's very rare that I got a negative response. I, I usually get a really positive response and thank you. And yeah, I've had, I've had people say to me, you know, this has given me the courage to talk to my family about different topics. And what has been the reaction from your family and friends? Because when you're in a marriage, it can be or in a serious relationship, it can be hard to tell family members and your friends all the inner details because if you stay with your partner, then it becomes a really sticky situation because then your friends and family say, why are you still with them? And it can be hard to tell all the details. What has then been their reaction to hearing you talk about how the marriage and the breakup has affected you? I think it's been quite different to maybe a lot of people because I moved quite a lot. So when I was with him, I was either, you know, we were a lot of the time living, say, in Sydney or we spent a couple of years in Europe where, you know, we were in, I was in Austria, he was in France, and then we lived together in France, we lived together in England. So a lot of our relationship was actually very, very far from family and friends. Uh, You know, I grew up in Queensland and my parents have been in Perth, so I didn't have my childhood friends, I didn't have my parents, I didn't have close family around apart from maybe just my sister at one point in Sydney. So they, it's kind of like they're learning some of these things. Uh, And I didn't have many people be that opinionated about it. Um, My mum was, but that's fine. (laughs) You know, like (laughs) there's always going to be someone, (laughs) there's always going to be someone who's not that happy with your decision for various reasons. But, you know, it's my decision in my life. So I was annoyed, but I went, well, oh, well, it's my life. So, but... Mostly I think people have just been like, wow, they didn't know some of these things. And I just, I think it's a great story. <laughs> so, um, you know, apart from apart from the rest, I'm happy to share because, you know, it's interesting. It's definitely, I definitely recognize it's definitely helping people. And so what has been, so what has been happening since the marriage breakdown? What was the process of going through that? So we, I guess a couple of months before, I was just trying to figure out what I was going to do. He just really thought everything's fine. Like, no, I mean, I don't think he thought everything was fine. We obviously had quite big issues, but he just thought we'll work through it and it'll be okay. So, you know, I even was in Sydney at the time, living in Sydney, and I even flew to Perth to, you know, completely last minute. I just went into work on a Tuesday and I was having a bit of a meltdown and I had to say to them you know I I need to go to Perth I need a emergency trip and I went to stay with my parents a couple of days which each they're separated and um tried to work it out and then kind of once I decided I just went home and I said that's you know we need to end it and we had about a week where I moved out and he was like let's try and fix this and I just said no I it's too far gone. We tried couples counselling, which he kind of thought was a joke, which obviously annoyed me even more. Um, but for me, it was just way too far gone by that point. So, yeah, I I think after that week, he kind of went, wow, we had another like couples counselling session and I just said, no, I'm done. Like, I really don't want to talk to you. That's it. And I think he just went, wow. And so after that, you know, we had a shared visa and things like that. And, you know, for him, he was French, obviously. So that um, had significant impacts on him. And at some point he had to leave the country. So, yeah, I think it was, we had to do get divorced in France and in Australia. There was a lot of paperwork. We still had to be in contact for a couple of years to work all of that out because there are 
waiting periods and different things. But after that, I mean, personally, I, I know some people are friends with their exes, but I think I just had such negative, you know, thoughts and everything about it. And it was just such a damaging thing. I had a lot of anger. So I just, I said, I don't want to really want to speak to you ever again. And interestingly, and this is, was no surprise to me because that's the way his culture and, you know, family and society kind of thing is. He sent me this final email a couple of years after we separated saying, okay, you know, divorce is all processed in France, all done, that's it. By the way, I'm getting remarried in a few months. (laughs) And I was like, okay. I was in, and I had this job at the time, I was traveling so much around the world. So I was in, you know, the Hilton Executive Lounge in Beijing with Mm -hmm. all my colleagues. And I was just checking my phone quickly for emails. And yeah, so it was just surreal. I was in Beijing and I had this email saying, we're divorced and I'm getting remarried. And I was a bit like taken aback, but then like, oh, you know, I'm not surprised. But And that's it. I have not spoken to him since. Although, I think it was a month or so ago, I noticed he looked at my Instagram stories and I just blocked him. I was like, I don't want you. <laughs> Go away. I don't oh. want to think about that. That is just so horrible to just end a marriage on that note. Like, it could have just been, we're divorced, have a nice life maybe. But to end it like that, just have to add that one comment, that unnecessary comment. Oh, Yeah, he he said, oh, I just wanted you to hear it from me first and no other way. And it's like, Mm. okay. Whatever. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) His loss, his loss. So another issue and another particular subject that you're very open about on social media, which a lot of people have spoken about on the comments of how helpful it is about your experience with mental health, in particular with depression. So Mm -hmm. how did this come about, the experience of mental health? Yeah, it was something I actually struggled with quite a lot. And I do, I talk openly about it, but I know there is a lot of people who haven't experienced it and really struggled to understand it. So it's something I want to keep talking more about. And I, well, I really, I'm, I'm not sure like when I really first had it, maybe as a teenager because I had, you know, issues of being bullied then, but it really came about and like hit me hard, you know, in the years just before I got married. Um, and then after, I think it got a lot worse because we had all these issues and I think, Yeah, like I said, all this emotional stuff that was just going on, it just led me to be feeling really depressed and it was really strange at the time. I couldn't, I kind of sort of knew what it was but was surprised that something like depression had all these other effects. You know, I think when, before we've experienced depression ourselves, we just assume you just feel sad. That's that's just what we think it is. But, and, and some of that did happen, right? Like we'd have these arguments and I would just, break down and be sobbing and it would just we'd go to dinner with friends we'd go to a friend's house and something would trigger me to being upset and I just would be like uncontrollably crying I couldn't stop and and I could not be around him or you know other people and I think that was real grief at the time but after that it kind of evolved into other things so we broke up and I still obviously was quite depressed and I'd been on medication for a while I've been seeing a therapist they tried me on some you know natural therapies before because I I didn't want to take antidepressants I was like I don't want to go on to this drug Uh, so I was resistant for a while but I was just at a point where I knew I 
really was not coping at all, so I did start them. But I just remember being at work. I was in you know a corporate job in Sydney in, in the city, and you know everyone was in their early to mid twenties, and we'd have a lot of fun, go for dinners after work, and. I just remember sitting in the office or sitting, you know, around people and I used to be really talkative and chatty, but I just remember not even having the words to come out of my mouth. Like I just couldn't think of anything to say. I wanted to be there, but I had nothing to say to anyone. I just didn't feel happy. I just felt really like empty and I just had nothing, you know. And I, and on the weekends I was just, I didn't want to do anything really. I just slept all day. I might wake up. Uh, and just make something, you know, cook some toast or something. But I just had no motivation and no drive, really. And I guess that's just how life kind of went for a while because I couldn't snap out of it. So, yeah, I, I tried a few different medications. I know a lot of people have that experience and eventually found some that worked for me. And I've been on them now for, like, yeah, obviously five, six years. And they've made a really big difference. Uh, but when I've you know, shared about it, I think just talking about how I felt and all of that has just helped people feel like they're not alone. And I'm really hoping, especially more in the future, I'm hoping that it will help people who have not felt or experienced depression themselves to help them understand it. Because I've talked to close family and friends and they just cannot comprehend it. So that's mm. kind of what I'm hoping it'll do. Yeah, because for those that don't have depression or never experienced it, I think it's very important and I think often forgotten when people are talking about depression and educating people is to educate the people that have not experienced it because so then they can recognize if one of their family members or friends or co-workers or peers has depression because it's a really, really difficult thing to learn how to react because... Mm -hmm. Some people do just mistake it as, oh, they're just sad or they're just moody or grumpy, whereas really it's just a constant feeling like you're drowning and you just don't know what to do and you're trying and trying and you just don't know what to do. Yeah. Mm. Yeah, and I've, I've really, I'm really able to recognize the symptoms as well because I've had other health issues. So there's been things that I've, other medications I've had to take that have mixed it up or, you know, there's been times I've had to, I've tried to get off them and I knew what the problem was. But other times, you know, I've had a family member pass away recently and so obviously that's a very similar feeling and it's very easily recognisable. And I can tell the difference because I'm a very motivated person. I have my own business and I want to do things. I want to get lots done. And I know when that motivation disappears and when I'm not excited to do my work, I'm like, that's depression because it kind of takes away my drive. And I just don't, I would rather stay in bed. That's not who I am. So I think those symptoms, it's very different, you know, staying in bed because you're exhausted versus staying in bed because you don't actually want to do anything. Like, yeah, mm -hmm. there's a difference there. So I know that everyone has their own experiences, but what would be your recommendation or your advice to people that are, they know someone that is experiencing that? What would be your advice from your life experience? I think that it's, really important to have at least one person like a friend you can confide in probably more than one because I know from experience it's a lot to put on someone but have you know a couple of people you can talk to as friends also having a really good therapist is important who you know you can trust and that you don't feel judged around and I've had a couple of therapists over the years and some I've you know 
kind of entered the relationship with because I felt like it was, you know, there was some judgment there. And that's just from a generational perspective, I think. To find a good therapist that you feel comfortable talking to about like anything. Uh, and then, I mean, I really think antidepressants are, like, obviously I'm talking about pharmaceutical antidepressants, are really beneficial if you're feeling like acute kind of real issues with depression. I obviously would prefer not to be on them because they have, you know, some side effects, but sometimes they're needed and I think there shouldn't be any shame around it at all. And then the other thing, which is probably the most important of all, and it's kind of stuff that I knew, but I've just read this book, Lost Connections, which freaking loved. And it just broke down all the causes of depression. And it, to me, I ticked like so many of the, you know, the boxes. It's really just for anyone who's feeling depressed to work out why it happened in the first place. Because, you know, I don't believe that it's just a random thing that happens. I know for me it was triggered by stuff that was going on in my life and, even after that relationship ended, I had, you know, a stressful workplace and I've had some other things going on. So I think finding the cause and trying to solve that issue is really the biggest one of all. Mm-hmm. And another issue and a particular topic that you're very outspoken about on your social media pages, which I absolutely love, is in particular body image. And recently you posted up a photo talking about skin, which is something that is often left behind when people are talking about body image and body positivity which I think is really sad because a lot of people have experienced or are experiencing issues with their their skin in regards to pimples acne um, pigmentation what made you decide to talk about your skin issues as a part of body positivity to be honest like it, I think it was only the last couple of days and I was like oh I have I have one friend She's a mum, and so she has, you know, obviously different body image issues, but the two of us both share on social media quite a lot, and we talk every day about this stuff. So, you know, and I think it's it's really interesting because, as I said in that last post, you know, there are some things that we share about, some things becoming more acceptable, and then there's others that aren't. And I'm not, I'm not perfect. I'm not the person that thinks my body's amazing and perfect, you know, and everything's great. I still like I said, with the makeup, you know, I really struggle to go on, to go outside and, you know, go do different things. If I have, you know, bad skin that day, I feel embarrassed about it. So it's just part of like my journey sharing these things. Um, it's like a step, you know, one day I'll go to the shops with no makeup on and the next day I'll post on social media to 10,000 people. <laughs> um, but I guess I'm just trying to push myself more and more out of my comfort zone because I think... The more I do it, the more it empowers other people. And that's the same across the board with any of the stuff I talk about. My whole kind of, I guess, theory behind it is if I talk about this, then it makes it okay for the people that I'm, you know, that are reading what I write and they're feeling more comfortable to talk about that stuff. So I see it as, you know, that being the main thing. Uh, But, yeah, I guess it was just pushing myself more and more out of my comfort zone. There's still things that I haven't shared and I don't talk about and I'm, you know embarrassed about so I guess it's like everything on social media is everyone says you know there's highlight reels and all of that and I don't want to be I don't want to be guilty of that like obviously with Instagram your pictures need to look pretty and that's why I went with a friend to the beach you know and I put on a cute swimsuit when we took these photos 
uh, I'm not just taking, you know, a random picture in my living room. So there's like a balance between putting something out there that is going to get interest because I want it to be shared and putting something out there that is, you know, meaningful. So, yeah, I guess I'm just trying to find that balance between not being that person who's like all polished and everything because there was a picture recently, like the body positivity, and I remember the, the friend that I, um, the mum that I work with, and it's Sarah Bourne, she's, she's a photographer, so we just take photos of each other, and I, I'd like stacked it at the beach a few weeks before, and it had all these scars and things like that, and she sent me the photos, and she hadn't edited out anything, like pimples or, you know, my scratches and all that, and I was like, why? Why would I try and be, you know, hide that I'm maybe a bit, uncoordinated and, and all of that just put it out there so I guess it's just me trying to push out so my hair more openly even though it is a bit uncomfortable it definitely is very brave I know I hate using that word brave but it very much is because it the easy way could just be filtering everything face tuning everything and just showcasing this person that isn't actually you which so many people actually do online so it really is great and it does really help people that you do showcase everything that is happening in your life that a lot of people are experiencing, you know, for example, the love life issues and particularly with your marriage breakdown and body image. It's very, very important that people showcase this and it's really great that you are doing it. That was the brave and wonderful Christy Marshall. Make sure you head on over to her Instagram page for more on her incredible story at Christy Bree Marshall. And please hit subscribe or follow wherever you listen to this podcast. The Nasty Woman Club is a podcast dedicated to inspiring women telling their inspiring stories.